Welcome to the Offseason Podcast. My name's Sean. I'm here with my co-hosts, Petty and Dre, and we've created a show that straddles the line between the creative and health and wellness communities to spotlight the similar conversations we saw happening in both circles. It's a platform for storytelling, exploration, and learning for anyone who wants to grow, reflect, and take advantage of the off-season. In today's episode, we explore the concepts of giving and receiving love and the role that love languages play in both scenarios. Each of our experiences in love made this an honest and reflective conversation that we hope helps you think about the roles that different kinds of love play in your life. Let's get to work. Mr. Radio Man, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Okay, guys. How are we feeling today? What's going on? Dre? I'm calm. I'm, I'm ready to go. I feel really great. Yeah, I feel the same way. What about you, Patty? I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm flustered. <laughs> I'm flustered. <laughs> but it's good. You guys are very calm, which is nice. I'm like, you can okay, draw cool. from our energy. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, you. this is nice. Yeah, Dre's cool. usually the calm one, but today I walked yeah. in and I was like, I'm chill. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm the opposite. Okay, <laughs> well, then let's yeah. get into it. So for today, we're going to be taking a look at Giving and receiving love, I think, is something that's come up for uh, primarily you two, actually, mm-hmm. in the the recent week or two. And so I think to kick it off, um, we'll throw it over to Dre and kind of see where her head's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giving and receiving love um, came up this week for me because a good friend of mine said that I don't know how to receive love. And my initial reaction was, ouch. Um, And my follow-up reaction to that was actually, well, what does that actually mean? Um, And with some of the background that I have and some of the research that I've been doing in terms of like love, um, a tool that came up of the five love languages is something that I started to look at specifically because it's all about giving and receiving love. Um, and I know you're probably going to speak to this as well, Patty, but I'd be interested as to why this topic is also top of mind for you this week. Uh, same kind of thing. Like I've uh, dealt with giving and receiving love. And I know that's that's something that's come up as an area of improvement mm-hmm. for me, kind of communication, communicating how I give and or receive. Mm-hmm. Um, so deep diving into it, it was I like to know the specifics of like, oh, what are the ways that we give and receive love? And like, as you allude to, the love languages were very um, prominent in that field. So that's something I was trying to look into and understand. Um, And then from there, use those examples to help improve how I can ask for what I'm looking for in a way. Right. So that's just how I can improve the communication because there's always a disconnect in some sort of relationships. And that's Mm -hmm. was leading to some sort of friction. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've always found it a lot easier to give than to receive. That's certainly my personality. Um, I recently did a a personality test. My therapist asked me to do, it's called like an Enneagram. And so my personality type was type two, which is the helper. Mm. And it's the person Mm -hmm. who's always extending themselves in other ways. And when I was reflecting on the topic for today, I was thinking about over the course of my life, just how easy it is for me to like show up at someone's house with a cup of coffee 
and do like these small little gestures that just show how much I care. And that stuff is really simple for me. But when I think about receiving love, it's something that I want and I crave. And yet I also have created boundaries and walls around myself to kind of like limit what that actually looks like. So there's like a internal contradiction of I want this thing. And yet at the same time, I'm intentionally or unintentionally, however you want to look at it, creating blockades to not let that happen. Mm -hmm. So what I hear is that your love language is to give is there's one of them is uh, gift giving. That's what I heard. No, I mean, for me, it's actually words of affirmation and quality time. Um, Should we go over those uh, before that? Yeah, let's do that. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got it. I'm okay. going to hit you with it. <laughs> okay. So um, according to Dr. Gary Chapman, who actually wrote the book, The Five Love Languages, so this is legit, mm-hmm. um, five love languages are words of affirmation, which is using words to affirm the other person, um, quality time, which is giving your undivided attention, doing something together. Um, the focus is on like we uh, receiving gifts, receiving gifts as an expression of love gift says like this person was thinking about me or they were considering me in this process, acts of service, doing something for the other person, um, and physical touch. So again, physical touch as a communication of love. Mm-hmm. So those are the top five. Yeah. So, so for me, I know it, I, I've done the test and it's, it's words of affirmation, quality time, but there are certainly elements of me in all five. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the one that I say, I would say, actually, I require the least is the gifts. Like I don't care to receive, uh, as much as I would prefer to give, um, and, and quality time, um, as my secondary language with words of affirmation being the primary one. And, you know, it's funny, like Dre knowing that, like, we'll make sure that she, <laughs> she responds to me in certain ways. Uh, when we're, I we're try. working, yeah, when we're, <laughs> when we're doing work, I always know when she's thinking about it consciously because she'll respond to me like 30 minutes later, I get a follow-up message. That's like a bit more positive. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so she's, she's like reflecting on the she, fact that she thinks maybe I need this, she gave whether you I, whether I do or not. Right. But, uh, so yeah, actually I'm curious, Patty, what are yours? Uh, mine are acts of service and quality time, two important ones that are kind of related. And, um, the more I reflect on it, the more I'm like, I, I know acts of service was number one and like heads and shoulders above the rest, but quality time is slowly, I believe, I feel like I'm starting to resonate more with that and it creep up the list. So I feel like if I retook mm-hmm. the test, cause I think I took it about a year and a half ago yeah. and feel like that would climb up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, certainly these butter tarts that you brought for us, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one hell of an act of service. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or gift giving, right? But it's yeah. like, that's the, between the two, right? So yeah. Mm-hmm. What I'm you, the same. Jay? I'm the same as Patty. I'm acts of service and then quality time. I don't remember what order the other three mm-hmm. are, but I mean, to your point, Sean, about feeling like they're all kind of relevant. Like, I think that's something that I, I was thinking about recently is that I feel like we always lean into like the first or second one, which makes sense because they're the most prominent. But it doesn't mean that those other three don't light you up in some way at specific times. So I think like all are important to look at. But yeah, I definitely lead with acts of service. Mm-hmm. For sure. No, alluding to what you're saying, it's like, oh, yeah, they are. You might love the first two and then mm-hmm. not realize you're not getting the other three. Mm-hmm. Right. That and too. that is something that's important when you get it. 
you are feel more nur you feel nourished because mm -hmm. it's something that you may have been missing right that too. so that's something that I, i remember reading about within them is physical touch i believe was four and words of affirmation were the last two mm -hmm. but knowing grew up in like a filipino or asian household and we're not that touchy-feely mm -hmm. um and not too we didn't give too many words of affirmation it was kind of like a unspoken you know what you did or you didn't know what you didn't you know what you didn't do mm -hmm. and uh that was something that you're like okay you don't get it but receiving them at this as an adult it's kind of i don't say it's unnerving but it's still um it feels weird to receive it's like i still don't necessarily know how to sit with those Yeah, right? it's, mm -hmm. the love language is a really interesting thing because before I took the test, I actually um, thought mine would be um, touch, whatever mm -hmm. whatever the, that one is, just because of how affectionate I can be, how um, you know important that is to me, uh, and things like that. So I I was actually caught off guard based on my results. Mm -hmm. um, but to Dre's point, like I, I definitely connect with all the different languages in some capacity there's mm -hmm. there's certainly not one that i'm like nah, I, i don't i don't relate do you mm -hmm. remember your results like were they pretty even or they were they like was there a high difference was i'm like you i would have done it like one or two years ago mm -hmm. and so it's not top of mind for me uh just knowing the words of affirmation thing and when i think about that enneagram test that i did it actually explains a lot about my personality type as well as how I, I want affection. Um, and so it's interesting when I think about receiving love, one of the most important things to me, you know, in past relationships is like that I love you before text, before I go to bed at night. Like that's something that is so small, mm -hmm. right? It takes zero effort. And in situations where, someone falls asleep or I don't get it all of a sudden like I'm reacting and mm -hmm. so I know how important that is to me uh in relationship and so um that's <coughs> excuse me something that I definitely connect with and then when I think about giving for me words of affirmation is important as well too you know I'm also from a family where We didn't necessarily talk so much about emotions, even though I'm that's who I want to be these days. Like that's mm -hmm. super important to me, but it wasn't a part of my family life necessarily. And yet I've intentionally made sure that I end conversations with my family now. Love you. I'll talk to you later. But making sure that it's said every time, even if it's a quick phone call that doesn't last very long. Um, and I've started to see my family pick up those habits as well, too. And I've actually, I had a conversation with my sister last weekend where I was telling her that I've intentionally been trying to do that to try and get them to open up and be like, it's okay to express this stuff because at some point, you know, it's going to be the last time that you say that to somebody and being able to just share that stuff. Um, I don't know. I just, there's something in me that it, it's become more and more important. Mm -hmm. that, that definitely resonates. Uh, a friend of mine Uh, peace that was the same person that kind of influenced that too like started normalizing saying i love you that's it's something that's important um to say like he's like yeah you have to express that um and that was kind of like you know little male ego over here at the time was like oh i don't know like do i love you is that weird to say like i only say that to partners but the more i dug into that and 
started to look into the deeper, the different types of love. I was like, yes, I do care for this person. Someone I, I do love and may look different than, than a partner or my family or whatever. It's like, it's a different type, but it's, it is love at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? It's become an important part of my, my relationships with my friends as well too, making sure that I say that to them too. And like you said, mm-hmm. that male ego thing was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just reached a point where I was like, I, I'm not going to, I'm not too cool to say I love you to the people that have been in my life for a long time. And that mean a lot to me. Uh, two of my best friends, it was their birthdays this week. Both of them are back to back days. And, uh, you know, one's over in Europe playing hockey. The other one's here, but both have young kids now and like, you know, sending love to them and their family, like making sure that they knew that when I, when I was talking to them, wishing them happy birthday. And then the, them kind of sending that back was, it was just a cool moment to, mm. to see how after everything we've been through, like, and, you know, regardless of where we're at in our life, um, how important that small little bit of language is. Mm-hmm. What I'm picking up is that Sean's love language is words of affirmation. So that's how he likes to receive love. It's also how he likes to give love. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting how like what we think giving and receiving love is, is like what's most important to us. So for me, like mm-hmm. I like to receive and you like to receive the same way. Petty is like acts of service. Then we probably give to other people in the form of acts of service mm-hmm. or in the form of quality time or whatever that is. And so like our example earlier, Sean, where, you know, I really have to think to be like, I have to tell Sean, like, you did a great <laughs> good, job. Good job or I, have to job, do, I have to say something because it's not it's not natural Normal. for yes. me to be like, yes. oh, yeah, words of affirmation is how, you know, I express my love for somebody like that's Yes, it's, you know, doesn't really make a lot of sense for me. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to think like what what does the other person want? Not what do I want? Yes. It's, it's like, uh, I, I think someone explained that to me. It's like when you take off your shoes at a house. I don't know if everybody's that normalized for everybody. Mm. Like when you get into someone else's house, you take off your shoes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So like I've met people who that's not normal for. And it's like, it's a respect thing. Like that's a way of showing, I don't say love, but it's just a way of showing respect in a mm. house. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not going to walk around with my dirty shoes. Mm-hmm. But for some people that's not normal. And they just right. walked around and it's like, Whoa, that's it's the only life I've ever known. Yeah, well, same. But I mean, you know, so I've, I've met people who it's not the norm. And I was like, whoa, okay, mm-hmm. different love language. And I was like, okay, well, how do we how do we mesh the two and understand, find that like a common ground and understanding of like, okay, you, this is what you need. This is what I what I need. This is the kind of love I want to receive. And it's like similar, kind of similar in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think to that point, what you're starting to see now is these types of things become part of conversation because we can't just expect to know what other people's love languages Mm -hmm. are and Mm -hmm. we can't expect to deliver love in the way that they expect us to without knowing. Mm -hmm. And so I think learning these things is going to open up the ability to communicate better like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you start to, in any relationship, you know, everything's great at the beginning, but then as it progresses, you need to start having some type of understanding of how somebody wants to receive certain things or how, you know, what they're doing that is their way of showing that to you 
um, that you may not necessarily see as at face value. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a podcast. It was Oprah's like Sunday soulful conversations Mm -hmm. or whatever it's called. Um, And it was with the guy who wrote the five love languages. And that's what they were talking about is how um, there's so many like couples in, in the audience for this episode. And they're talking about how once you get over like the honeymoon phase where everything's so great and I'm happy to do this for you, then there's all these problems. And it's because you actually need to work to understand the other person and their love languages. And, um, so much miscommunication was happening where this person's like, I don't feel loved by my partner. And the partner's like, what do you mean? I do this for you. I do that. Mm-hmm. I do this and blah, 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 blah. And she's just like, I much would have rathered if you have like given me a hug or if you had just like mm-hmm. told me that you love me or something like that. And so it's, it's so important to know your own love language for yourself um, and how you can communicate that with other people. And then have that conversation with your friends because it's so much more than just... Um, romantic relationships like this is your Mm -hmm. friends your family probably even colleagues to an extent Mm -hmm. um and yeah just making sure that you're on the same page and that way it helps with miscommunication it's an interesting point because i think like we kind of alluded to earlier that when you show somebody through your actions kind of what your love language is and if you know what you were saying dre is true where the what we give is what we expect to receive Mm -hmm. You think that by giving it to somebody, they're going to catch on to be like, I want the same thing back. Mm -hmm. But that may not actually be the case. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying and trying without actually just saying, I'm doing this because this is important to me. And and so I want you to do Mm -hmm. the same back. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's interesting that, that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you have these couples that are together for a long time and they feel that they're not being loved and it's Mm -hmm. mostly a result of miscommunication or a lack of communication than anything else. Yes. That's exactly what it comes back down to, right? Is they're communicating, but not actually understanding each other at the Mm -hmm. level that they need to. Right. And whether it's what is the love languages or even just the way, like what they look at and how they interact. It's like, Oh, there, there's clearly a need that needs to be met. That's not. And the other side is, trying to uh, like trying to meet that or thinks they're meeting that and it's like sometimes when there's no feedback there's still feet that's still feedback right Mm -hmm. and it's like okay cool ignorance is bliss is almost a normalized thing but that's it's kind of what you guys are saying it's like communication is so key to to iron out and it starts with knowing what you need and what you Mm -hmm. like you understanding yourself so that you can help someone else understand you and be Mm -hmm. able to communicate that to them Mm -hmm. yeah especially if like you the other person doesn't share the same love language as you. So for example, like you and I, Patty, we share mm-hmm. acts of service. I don't need to explain to you what acts of service is or mm-hmm. looks like. Mm-hmm. Whereas to Sean, who maybe that's not his love language, I may have to be like, okay, what do I actually mean when I say acts of service? What does that look like and feel like to me? And then communicate that. Um, and one of the other examples between one of the couples in this podcast was that um, someone's love language was words of affirmation and the partners was like that would have been ranked like number five when they did the test and so if that other person's number one there's going to be a really big learning curve Mm -hmm. for the person at number five and the person at number one to to find that middle ground and so for the person who has it as number five um like dr gary had talked about like if that doesn't come natural to you you might have to just like observe in other conversations that this person is a part of and be like what are people saying to them? So let's say between the three of us, you know, if I'm sitting and I'm like, okay, like 
Sean's words of affirmation, but like, what does that actually really mean? And I hear Petty say, you know, Sean, the way that you like cut the episode like last week, like that was really awesome. I can make a mental note and be like, okay, he like commented on his abilities or his like his skill set or it was his appearance, like these types of things, and then have a running list to the point where you're like, okay, maybe it's not so unnatural because I actually can pull from like a resource now that will help me then communicate with my partner until it becomes natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because I. I think words of affirmation is probably the easiest one as, as well as acts of service to kind of observe. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess, but some yeah. of these other ones like physical touch, for example, yeah. like yeah. it's going to vary depending on the relationship. The, exactly. Itself yeah. The type of love and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yes. Things like that. Yes. So, um, yeah, be, being aware in that sense is like you said, it probably is a big learning curve, mm-hmm. but the, the important thing I think is, having the conversation and acknowledging like, this is what I need. And I also think it's between both individuals to say like, here's a way that you can do it. Like I can't just go to somebody and say words of affirmation, but then expect them to know like how to deliver that for me. Exactly. Um, Mm. and, and so I think that that's something that, um, varies i guess from relationship to relationship it's funny you saying that too that example that comes to mind is like a relationship with a dog or with a dog (laughs) because it's like physical touch is so prominent for some dogs where like some dogs will come up and like want you like put it put themselves in a position where you have to pet them it's like okay cool or they need to be like up against you yeah up against you and it's like for them that's a sort of like that's a love where they feel that Whereas like some others, like, I don't know, whatever this, it's, it's, it can, clearly can't use words of affirmation to you, like, in a clear way. Right. Mm-hmm. But there is some sort of familiarity there and there is still love being shown. And like people say it all the time. It's like when your dog shows up or they, they can always sense when you're off mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, they'll kind of come check in on you. It's like, that's like them either wanting to spend quality time. Like that's them checking in on that. Right. And you're like, oh, that's something that you don't necessarily think about, but that is a bond and love yeah there, right and it's like that's the way they show it they just might not do all the love languages the same way right <laughs> yeah i agree so outside of love languages patty you said that you know giving and receiving love is something that's top of mind for you mm-hmm. so how did that come up for you recently you don't have to get into specifics but mm-hmm. like why was it important for you to kind of dive into this so that is a good question uh i kind of actually had a, an interaction with a friend of mine a couple of years ago and we got into some, I'll say heated debate, argument, whatever you guys want to call it. Um, and in the moment we were having this discussion, I think she's very clear about what she was looking for and I didn't know how to respond. Like I kind of just froze and I was like, okay, this is, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know what to say to you because I think I'm showing and holding my own here. And she was like, no, you're like, selfish blah blah blah. I was like oh okay well there's clearly a disconnect here and me being so frozen in that moment made me like really think like I left that conversation I was like wow what is it is it me is it her like what is it obviously there's some sort of common thing if I'm involved because it's me so that actually had me like led me to going to see a therapist because I was like okay what is it like I can't fully understand it myself and I'm too embedded in this that someone else needs to help Like, I just need to be able to talk to someone to be able to understand this in a better sense, right? So those conversations 
or something that sparked that. And then sessions, sessions later, it's like, okay, cool. I can start to see things more clearly. Like once I remove myself from that conversation, it's like, this is, this is a little bit easier to understand now. Like now that I can take a step back I mean, like, there's clearly a miscommunication and the, it came back to like love languages realistically where hers was, uh, what's it called? Like words of affirmation, definitely someone who needs to hear it. And I'm acts of service. So when I have that low words of affirmation is way lower on my, on my, uh, giving and, and my love languages. And I'm like, okay, I'm not someone who's going to tell you this all the time. So you just have to know it's kind of Mm -hmm. something I'm working on. Right. So that's something that came up and now I'm like working on actively trying to communicate better in those, in those instances. It's like, okay, cool. If there is some sort of feeling of disconnect, it's like, how do we open up a line of communication so that we can ask and be open about asking for what we need or giving and then just being clear about that. Cause to me, I'm someone who needs more feedback. I'm right. Like, so what are, what are some of the things that you've learned through the process and is part one and part two, like how have you approached kind of applying it in the real world as part two? One, um, I actually couldn't talk to a therapist like the first time, like I was sitting there and I was just like, what am I supposed to say to you? Like, I'm not saying <laughs> I think that that's I, like a lot of people's yeah. reaction. Cause I remember the first time I went in there, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to yeah. say. But it's, it's something that even comes up in other conversations. So another friend of mine, um, when him and I would butt heads, like, or just the way we kind of cool off, he's like, he comes, he's someone who just comes in hot and he's like, okay, this is how I feel. This is my day, blah, blah, blah. And I'm the opposite. Like I listen, I'll ask questions, but I'm not someone who's that open about that. If I ask questions, if someone asks me questions, I'm an open book. So if you can strategically ask me a line of questioning, I'll answer every single one and then we can figure out what, what's actually going on. I'll be like, oh, that's what's going on, right? But I'm not someone who's going to just spew my heart out to you because because you're expecting me to, mm-hmm. right? So that's clearly a disconnect of, of lang- love languages. But the biggest thing for me was like, okay, cool. That's something, clearly there's something there um, that I can't say something to someone who's, who I'm paying to listen to me, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. How do I do this? So me communicating to them about, okay, well, you might have to pull a little bit and then maybe do some, we'll do some activities or you almost have to take the lead a little bit. And from there, um, that's what we'll kind of work on. It's like, okay, that's, that's something that I started to open up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, Biggest thing for me was coming back to mindfulness because that was something I'm like deeply rooted in is uh, I get very emotional in those moments. And when I get triggered, it's it's an emotional response and I can Mm -hmm. feel it. I can feel the physical like feelings and everything come up. So it's about how do I center myself and get myself back down to that state where I can actually be clear, like calm, cool, and collective. And that was something that I'm like, yeah, that's what I always want to be in control of. Obviously stuff, I can't always be in control of that, but how can I create a system? And this is what I think was the most valuable thing I took from it was how can I create a system and framework where I'm like, if I feel it, what do I do and how do I how do I react and respond without reacting and responding in the moment? Mm-hmm. And that was, that was it. It's like, okay, cool. Take a breath, pause, reset yourself, th- like give yourself time to think. Cause is it actual thoughts? Are those just in your head? What is going on? And then in that time, I usually already kind of break myself down to be like, Oh, this is what was said. Okay, cool. Like, this is what, this is how I'm going to respond or what, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So, I see a lot of your avoidant attachment coming through. Yes, I was going to say, it's funny because (laughs) in this conversation with love languages and communication, I was like, oh, it's attachment 
It's all well, attachment it feed, theory. It feeds into of it course. for sure. Like I was having that conversation with my therapist um, a little while ago that typically people who have the love language of acts of service and I think it's the receiving gifts one mm-hmm. are more associated with people with avoidant attachment styles because those are two love languages that say like you need to prove yourself or prove that you're trustworthy. Mm-hmm. That's typically how it's framed. Whereas someone who's more anxious is like the words of affirmation, quality time, spend time with me, tell me you love me. Mm-hmm. Like I need that, like to affirm what's going on here. So the whole time you were talking, I was just like, Hey, there's that avoidant attachment <laughs> style. Like there it is. And I also know cause I resonated, you know, right? I resonated so much, especially cause like, like before, like two years ago, I would do the same thing. I was like so closed off and people would be like, I'm trying to like get to know you. And I'm like, cool, you can just ask me questions and uh, we'll see where it goes. Like I would never be just like open to be like, I'm going to talk about these things because I'm like, I don't really trust you at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Right. So I think the more they ask questions, um, I think the more we get a better understanding of what they're trying to achieve and mm-hmm. then can assess whether or not that's a safe place or an unsafe place. Yes. Because I've also been in situations where I also get like triggered by people asking because I'm like, well, what are you going to use the information for? Mm-hmm. Again, speaking to not being able to trust somebody. And so mm-hmm. I just saw a lot of myself in your story when you were <laughs> just explaining because I was like, yeah, I used to do that for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting for me because... I've had to actually do the opposite where I, I think I, I was an overshare and I would mm-hmm. like unprovoked just mm-hmm. dump things on people and it's come back multiple times to bite me in the ass. And so I've actually had to learn to re- reel myself in mm-hmm. because I think there's a balance between making somebody mm-hmm. spend the time with you to ask the, the questions, right? I do think that that's something that's earned. It's not given for free. Mm-hmm. But there was a point in my life where I was just bleh, mm. verbal diarrhea. And, uh, you know, that's not good. It's not necessarily beneficial to anybody. And this is not just in romantic relationships. This is just general relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I have spent the last few years kind of picking and choosing who gets to know what. And I think there's, you know, certainly an element of protecting yourself and, and keeping mm-hmm. things close to the chest. But to both your points, like you, you can't ever expect somebody to fully get to know you if you're not ex- if you're not sharing anything or you're not letting mm-hmm. them in in any capacity. Mm-hmm. So when we get back to this, <laughs> as we lock eyes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, when we get back to the theme of like giving and receiving love, like the whole basis of any relationship is give and take, give, yes. mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And yep. so you can't just be t- giving. And expect that the balance is going to be 50 50, well, right? It creates, got it. Yeah. it creates resentment, right? If mm-hmm. you don't, if there's, if it's mismatch, because on it's either like, side, on, exactly, on, on either, either side, because mm-hmm. one side's like, I'm giving so much, and then you're just not like understanding, and the other side's like, you're not giving me anything. Like, there's just that yeah. disconnect, right? And you're like, you're not doing this, but it's just that the not understanding each other's love languages. This is not like, this is not the currency that I see and mm-hmm. that I deal in. You got to convert those dollars into yen or something first before you can actually use that, right? It's like, and those understandings are important. Mm -hmm. It just reminds me of how you asked me earlier in this conversation, like, why was this top of mind? And similar to Petty, where you had 
like instances where people, I guess, told you that you needed to work on it. Mm -hmm. Like my friend commenting and saying like, you don't know how to receive love just brings me back to, well, how does that person give and receive love and how do I give and receive love? And we're not speaking the same language Mm -hmm. at all. And so I can understand that like resentment on both sides because you're just like, you feel like you're giving so much, but the same, and the other person thinks you're taking so much when that's really Mm -hmm. not the case. I also think Mm -hmm. that it's a reflection of external factors as well too, because I think in general, I'm pretty good at receiving love, but there are certain areas of my life where I am a bit scarred. Um, and so creating the protection for mm-hmm. those areas is preventing that receiving peace, right? Mm-hmm. And so overall, I would say, yeah, like I love me. I love it, right? <laughs> but at, at, the, at the same time, that, like if you get too close to the fire, like, starts to burn yes um and so i think you know someone saying you don't know how to receive love whether it's true or not right like the important thing is like reflecting back on it like what exactly is the reference point Mm -hmm. yes because that's the that's the key thing like you said yes maybe they're looking at it from you know this perspective and you're looking at it from the complete opposite Mm -hmm. yeah the thing that i actually like to always relate it back to is like do you guys know your learning styles like do you know you like there's visual there's like kinesthetic auditory like, I'm i mean i would just auditory. say yeah. well i'm i'm visual, visual? Or audio, auditory okay. yeah like yeah. i can't yeah I don't remember. no um but that's it's, it's like your learning style i think mm-hmm. is usually connected to your yeah. love language for me it would right? be visual because i can't remember anything if i listen to an audiobook i have to like read it physically Mm -hmm. it's like a preference which you might want to read your words of affirmation right sent to you and it's like okay that's that's something but they're usually usually very connected right because that's a way that you interpret and see the world and interact with it Mm -hmm. so um kind of what you're alluding to it's like the learn the love languages um the less i want to call them less direct like kind of styles because it's almost like we're asking people to show us in a way like, I don't want you to tell me. I don't want you to do that. I want you to show me through, like, an act of service or mm-hmm. something. And that is, like, how I look at, like, how I receive love. Whereas, like, that is more, like, I'm here telling you that should be enough, mm-hmm. right? And that's, like, again, that's the disconnect. It's, like, but I'm sure there's some sort of difference with that. It's, like, oh, I don't need to read this. I can, I need to see it or I need to, to feel it to be able to really understand it. Interesting. Now I feel like I need to do another test. <laughs> well, it's funny. Even as we started the conversation, I, you know, I was thinking the same thing. I need to do another test because similar to attachment styles, like sometimes it feels like this stuff is also fluid to me, mm-hmm. right? Like it may be at one point in your life for me, for example, words of affirmation is number one, but maybe that's a reflection of what I'm going through at that particular time, as opposed to you know, maybe down the road, maybe it's still important to me, but maybe it's not as important as quality time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I feel the same that I think I mentioned it earlier. It's like quality time I'm starting to feel is more valuable to me because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily. It's, it's well, especially if, if you redo the test and you find that, let's say, three of the five languages are within, you know, one or two points mm-hmm. of each other. That mm-hmm. to me feels like it's probably mm-hmm. more fluid than obviously if one's like, you know, four or five points back, then it's probably always going to be that way because it's just not super important. 
But I think, yeah, as long as they're close, there's, I wouldn't be surprised if there's fluidity between them. That makes sense. Not sure where to take it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I I mean, we spend a lot of time asking Petty about his experiences. So yeah. So Dre, who's next on the hot seat? (laughs) Well, I just, I'd love to know because Dre, because she said it's top of mind for her, right? So it's similar. I'm, I'm curious as to if she's got anything more to share about like her past week and the conversation she's had. I feel like I spoke to most of it. Like, um, yeah, a friend, a good friend of mine we were having a conversation um there are certain things that i've been able to share with this individual other things that i haven't um and i think been able to or chose not to um good question you know it it's hard to decipher i think because i think a lot of the territory i end up getting triggered in and so then mm. it's challenging for me to communicate what's going on because sometimes I don't even know what's going on yes. at the time. Yes. And I think we talked about this in the attachment um, episode a little bit, but like when we become overwhelmed, it's kind of like, I actually need you to like recede or give me space, not, mm. not close the gap. Like that actually freaks me out even more. Um, and so, yeah, I just found like there's you know, some areas where I was like, yeah, I don't really feel that comfortable. And he was kind of like, you know, I just want you to know that you can always like feel safe with me. And I was like, okay. I was like, but it doesn't really work that way for me. Mm-hmm. Like you telling me that you, I, I, that like you're safe. I have to feel safe. Yes. And that's very different than you telling me this is a safe space. I need to know that and determine that for myself. Yes. And I wasn't feeling that way. And then it kind of came out a little bit later where he's like, um, you don't know how to receive love. And I was just like, and I think I said at the top of this, I was like, ouch, that kind of hurts. But then afterwards I found myself reflecting on it. And all I could think about was, you know, love languages, giving and receiving, like, what does that look like? And it was even more hurtful because I reached out to another friend being like, Hey, like this person said this, like, what do you think? And they're like, yeah, you can't receive love at all. And I was just like, Ouch, number two. <laughs> and I was like, okay, got it. There's, there's and theme. I think, and I think like you, Patty, I was just like, all right, hey, look at yourself. And so mm-hmm. I was looking at it and I think similar to Sean, like certain ways, like I can receive love and other ways, like maybe it makes me a little uncomfortable or I too, from past experiences have built a wall. I'm not even going to say a boundary because it's a wall. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. great wall of China. Um, and So I, yeah, I was just kind of looking at that. I was like, is it true that I can't receive love as these two people that have like shared with me? Or is it that we're not speaking the same language, which has kind of come up in this conversation more than Mm -hmm. once? Well, and, and I'm also genuinely curious too, like, is it that you're not communicating or you're not connecting or is it just that like the expectation of love on that side is just not the expectation of love on your side? Well, I think that's a big part of it. Yes. Yeah. I was so, going to say, I feel like that's that to a, me feels like it's not so much languages, but it's like you can't, you yes. can't give and receive love just because somebody wants you to give or receive it. Mm-hmm. Yes. It yes. has to be that like too. something honest and sincere within you. Yes. Cause it's like the expectation of what that is. Right. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time we don't even realize how like, well, it's a lot of subconscious, mm-hmm. um, 
like feedback or things that we've learned. And like, even in terms of like, if I want to use romantic love as an example, it's like, what is the perfect romantic, like what's a perfect relationship and couple and whatnot. Right. And you see all this through the media. You're like, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like an unconditional wavering and undying type of love when like reading about different styles of love or different types of love, like that might not be the most healthy, like the martyrdom type of love. It might not be healthy. Like I think boundaries are probably a bit healthier as a reflection of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just has to match um, mm-hmm. what each style is. Right. Because if someone's expecting you to be a martyr for them, then they're expecting to be a martyr for you. It's like, okay, that kind of thing matches where it's like, if you have your boundaries up, if you have your boundaries, not a wall, it's like, it's like, this is, yeah. What mm-hmm. I need to be loved. It's like, okay, and someone can't respect that. It doesn't necessarily well, it's, mesh. It's respect, but it's also like, maybe I don't want you to love me that way. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's not mm-hmm. so much that it's a, 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 a communication. That's what I'm kind of getting at here is I don't think it's necessarily communication, but like, there's also the reality that maybe it's just like, what you want me to receive is not what I want to receive. And mm-hmm. that's just it. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the, the bottom line. Mm-hmm. 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 so yeah. is that is that would you consider that love or is that like what what is that well but i, I think it's like i think it's i mean let's just i'm not saying that this is no, a no, situation no. so because I, I don't know anything about it but yeah. let's just say it's between two people one person wants a romantic love and one person's like i love you as a friend right like how many of us have had those conversations <laughs> we probably all have <laughs> and so but but that's kind of what i'm getting at is the person who wants the romantic love is saying you don't know how to receive love because I love you and I'm giving you all this love. But the person who wants the friendship loves like, no, 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 I'm getting it. I just don't want the type of love that you want me to mm-hmm. receive. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a, a, a big piece. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I don't know if that's Dre's situation, but I certainly think that like, based on what she's saying, like that's what it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's funny because I feel exactly the same way. I'm like, yeah. as you say that very clearly, I'm like, yeah. I think that's how I got here and how we got here. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think there's a disconnect of what was going on. Right. Yeah. And so you're saying, referring back to your scenario, that was it. I like it was, that's where there's mm-hmm. miscommunication is because not that it's just stuff that wasn't, that was unsaid, but it's different types of love. Right. And when the boundaries are not clear, that's where it yeah. gets so mm-hmm. I think tricky, there, right? I think before we get yes. into l- languages or personality types or whatever, like there has to be a mutual agreement that this about what type of love this is yes. mm-hmm. before you even go down the roads of the languages, the personalities, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because if I want love type A and Dre wants love type B, well, it's it's going to lead to these miscommunications. It's going to mm-hmm. lead to these arguments regardless of our love languages because the intent behind mm-hmm. the, the acts or whatever yes. is mm-hmm. different on both sides. Mm-hmm. I think that's a hard part too is what's normalized is always normalized and prioritized is almost romantic love like right away. And it's mm-hmm. always like this should always be, and I think it's a culture thing, right? It's, oh, it should always be at the forefront. It should always be romantic love and that in turn will be love. Like that's what love is. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, but it's not always the case. Right? No. Mm-hmm. It's usually like more likely mm-hmm. than not, not the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, oh, sometimes that's actually what you, you receive and get. And it's actually very important to you, but it's not that type of well, love, romantic love. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And Dre will laugh at this because I, I say this all the time, but like, that's why I'm a huge proponent of the slow burn. Yeah. <laughs> See, she starts laughing because the slow burn to me is like from the jump, there's no in, in romantic intent. Right. But over time, maybe that 
bond forms and it becomes something greater as a result of the foundation laid before it. But in today's world, you know, think about our ages. We're getting to the point. I'm certainly there. You guys are soon not far behind, but <laughs> where, where it's like, if, you know, if any woman my age wanted to get into a relationship, it's like with the expectation that like it's short term, we're committing to each other, blah, 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 blah. I don't yes. have time to waste. Right. So if you approach somebody with that intent, then the expectation is very different than if you're like, Hey, I enjoy hanging out with you. I enjoy spending time with you. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And it slowly evolves into that. Mm -hmm. it, it, in my experience, it's always so much better when that happens. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I definitely yeah. am like the start off as friends and then kind of see what happens. Um, and yeah, I've been in this scenario more than once where it's like, I've met someone that wants the long-term partner family this is where we're going and me I'm a little bit like yeah I don't think I want that yet but yet I somehow still like attract certain people like that and I'm like but I don't think I want that because I'm very much the free spirit freedom within a relationship is very important to me that I don't feel trapped mm -hmm. um which is key I also mm -hmm. think mm -hmm. to people like us petty who mm -hmm. we don't like to feel trapped anywhere like that's where we get like overwhelmed by our own emotions that's where emotional outbursts take place like that's where there's miscommunication about things mm -hmm. it's because of this feeling of like we can't we can't leave so yes. i had a conversation with a friend earlier this week um and he does not think that he wants to be married or have kids and he's in a long-term relationship mm -hmm. and he comes from a home where there was not necessarily stability Right. And it reminds me of your uh, mm -hmm. experience, Dre. And I think that there's an element when you come from that background to, to say, I don't know if I want these things because my experience with those things is not positive. And so, again, in order to get to that place, I think it's a result of the relationship that you have with the person. It's not something that you can go in from the outset and say, I'm good with this. Mm -hmm. It's like, I may be, I may not be, but I need to go through this with you. And it's up to you to decide if you're along for the ride, mm -hmm. because if you're not cool, I respect that, mm -hmm. but I can't promise you that I'm going to be able to give you what you want. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I end up in a lot of like one foot in one foot out. Cause it's like, maybe, maybe, but I'm also like kind of scared of that too. <laughs> like maybe it depends and it like kind of depends on the person, depends on where I'm at as mm -hmm. well. Um, and yeah, I think there are telltale signs that I have where I'm just like, if I'm feeling like I want to like my attention's elsewhere or like all I want to do day to day is just like focus on my work and what I'm, what lights me up and the relationship is never top of mind. Well then that I have to be honest with myself and be like, okay, I've been one foot in one foot out this whole time. I can't be two feet in. So mm -hmm. then I'm going to be two feet out and make that decision. But I've definitely been a lot of those like ambivalent kind of like gray areas before because I think sometimes it almost feels safer than making a choice to be in or out all the way. No, I mean, I think that's important. I think actually it can lead to um, some of the types of love when I was looking into it and like reading more about them. It's like there's usually there's a I believe it's in Greek philosophy. There's like mainly five different types um, and I can bring them, pull them up. 
But one of the things that I think was very important was self-love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a type that, like, again, that's only you can give you. Mm-hmm. And that is almost you setting that um, setting that boundary or whatever mm-hmm. that is. It's like, actually, I can't give you this love right now because I need to give it to prioritize giving it to me first. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. And I think that's something that's I think it's very hard to learn because, you know, yeah. I think. Yeah, there's a there's a line. I don't know where it came from. But it resonated me with me when I heard it a while ago. And it was like, don't take care of me. Take care of you for me and for you. Right? Like That's you could say it. Say. You could take say care it of even, you for you. Yeah, <laughs> but you could do it either way. But yeah. I guess the, the 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 second piece is that like if you take care of yourself, like this will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. So regardless of who you're doing it for, whether it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I agree, Dre, it should be for you. Mm-hmm. And then it, in, in turn, it ends up being for the other person yeah, as well too. it's a benefit to everyone. Mm-hmm. Right? But yeah. that, that's why you, you know, it's so important to be like, you need to be sure of yourself before you get into any relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you can't give that to somebody, the, just loving yourself or taking care of yourself, then how are you going to do that for another person because that is the up and down of a relationship like sometimes you're 50 50 but other times like i gotta pick you up you gotta pick me up mm-hmm. so that that's like very um like relational love or um i would say it's eros but it's just uh real more romantic love mm-hmm. um now like i want to throw a little bit more of a wrench into it okay. when we add like a parent and a like a family type of love because i feel like it's a very common parent yeah. thing to be like the martyr and it's that unconditional piece where it's like, oh yeah, like I need to take care of me. But as a parent, like the responsibility to take care of a child is so much more important and say they aren't doing a great job of taking care of themselves at the time, but they are providing for their children, like Mm -hmm. everything that they need so Mm -hmm. that they can have that. Um, That to me is like, it gets a little trickier because it's like, yes, self-love should be prioritized. But now it's like, when there's a responsibility and someone is dependent on you, like children mm-hmm. being the most important thing, it changes the scenario. And I, I, I see, we see it. Right? But how much mm-hmm. of that is like the pressure that society puts on the parent? Because for example, I actually had this thought cross mm-hmm. my mind this morning. There was somebody, a mutual friend of ours at the gym and he's, he's separated. He's divorced and he has a daughter and on Saturday mornings, she comes to the gym with him and she stays upstairs and she does whatever, but he's there to work out and take care of himself. Mm-hmm. And so what, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people would look at that and be like, well, no, I can't do that. That's being selfish. That's taking care of me. And what's she going to do the whole time? Right. Mm-hmm. So that I literally had the thought this morning. I'm like, I think it's awesome that he's taking care of himself, coming to the gym, doing his workout. And it's just an hour. She's upstairs. She's got her iPad coloring book, whatever. Um, but he's doing something for him as a parent. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because I yeah. feel like with my, if I think about my mom, um, she did dragon boating, if anyone knows what that mm-hmm. is. Um, and I would go to all her practices, like all of her like regattas and whatever, like the competitions. And yeah, I would just be like hanging out until they were done, you know, and that's what she wanted to do. But the as I got older and the more my own life demanded my time and her time specifically when Mm -hmm. I was playing competitive soccer I remember the switch where she was like it's your time now it's not my time anymore Mm. right because it was so conflicting 
between what I wanted to do and what she was doing. And it was now like, okay, she's like, I've had my time. Like it's, I'm now here to support you and your time and where that's going to take you. And I think it's interesting as like, you know, we grow up and then start to have our own life. Then I think it flips again because then the mm-hmm. parents have their time back yes. to then reinvest back in themselves. Yes. But see, that's, I guess, what the, the like the point I'm kind of getting at is like, what is that? Like, where is that? Like, I don't say where it's the healthiest or where, mm. the, where are those moments? Because like, say situationally, it just has to happen earlier than ideal or it happens later than ideal. Like those are things that obviously have an impact on your childhood, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like you look at, like you being the only kid, you're probably the only kid there, and there's, she's mm-hmm. probably the only kid at the gym. And yeah. it's like, I mean, I would yeah. I would go to my dad's hockey practices all the time. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course, right? You are kind of dragged along by necessity, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. And as a kid, it's an afterthought. But when you look at it, it's like it's because of the situation. It's like they were doing what they wanted to do or they needed to do, and you were just you're tagging along, yeah. right? So it's like, oh, what is that like point where it switches? And like when, like as a parent. Um, don't have any kids, so I can't speak to that. Uh, but like, None what of point? Us do. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> that you we know, know of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, was, I want to say that, but it's a good game. But yeah, it's like, when does that switch? And I feel like talking to some parents, they kind of feel it in the back of their mind, right? When there's like a physical baby being born, or they see it, or mm-hmm. if they, like, there's a point where it switches for them. Um, and I'm just always curious. Like, yeah. I can't. I don't fully understand that, but that changes the type of love. I've always, I remember when I was younger and, and because I played hockey my whole life, we would always have, you know, nights where we'd be invited to other, you know, kids' houses, parents' houses, and the parents would all be together the kids would be playing in the basement, whatever. But you would see the differences between like, let's say your parents and the parents of the other kids who like maybe are used to having people over every Saturday Mm -hmm. night, whereas my parents was like, nobody ever came over. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was one of those things where like you could see that that's a decision that those parents are making for themselves to be like, we're allowed to have fun too, even though we have kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And my parents were kind of the opposite where it was like, we were the attention. Now there were four of us. So it's a little bit of a, a more demanding on the time than somebody who say has one kid. But, um, I always found that dynamic interesting and I always envied the families that always had people over because Mm -hmm. it was always fun in my eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was my, I would look forward to doing that every once in a while. Um, but now that I'm, I'm getting older, like I'm choosing to like be a bit more reserved of my time. (laughs) Apples don't fall far from the tree, right? I'm I'm reeling it in. Um, social, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So I've, I've always found that type of dynamic fascinating. Mm -hmm. No, it really is. Like, again, that's why I was like, I just, like in terms of love styles or love types, mm-hmm. like that is where it feel like it kind of changes, right? Because it's like, oh yeah, in a relationship or in, you know, one of those, um, I don't call it an ideal lifestyle, but what society says is like an ideal life. It's like, oh, you meet someone, they're your first love and whatnot, and you grow and then you have kids. And then like, obviously that love, the love will now change. It's like, oh, then your kids are how you live and do and whatever. And it's like, oh, that. Like you have to change the type of love or the love focuses so many times in that journey. And I feel like people that mm. can kind of withstand that with the same partner, with the family, like they either adapt to it and just live with it or they do a good job of actually changing and adhering mm-hmm. to that. Right. And like that's it's just something it's, it's curious because the type is is important. That's what you said earlier. It's like, yeah, it's how you if you're not on the same page early on, it might not. Like 
Well, it comes down to expectation, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm expecting you to deliver love in a particular way because of how I feel about you, that's my issue. It's not your issue, Mm -hmm. but it creates tension and it creates conflict. So I think uh, that's why I was kind of thinking about it as we were talking. Like there has to be that mutual agreement at the beginning that at least the intention is to explore X type of love. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not there or if it's only on one side, you're not going to ever meet each other. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. See, Dre, and you didn't know where you wanted to take it. Look at that. <laughs> 30 minutes later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I don't think it was, I said it was, I didn't know where to take it. I think it was more so, how much did I want to share? Ah, okay. I was like, I was questioning the whole time. I was yes. like, do I go there? Do I go there? Yes. Do I go there? And I was like, <laughs> well, it's funny. And then I was like, like nope. No, Doria. <laughs> nope. Doria, that's, that's why I wanted to like, I'll jump in because I, I feel exactly the same way. And this is nope. like, I was like, yeah. nope, not going to do it. Nope. Can't do it. Can't do it. None of my friends listen to this. I know, <laughs> no, right? That's exactly what was this. in my head. I was like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Don't it's it's this. weird because I didn't know that story, but I could tell she was holding on to something. And I was like, I was holding so much. I was like, I was like, I'm going to poke and I'm going to frame the questions <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that she gets the answers that I know are in there, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, it's so exactly. funny. So, no, yeah. I mean, that's cool. I, I've certainly learned a lot about both of you guys today, which is really cool because mm-hmm. uh, I know that coming in, you, you were the two that this was most top of mind for. Like I, I, I even as I was sitting, reflecting kind of like, what do I want to talk about here? Like I, I, it wasn't not a lot was coming up for me. And so mm-hmm. I was like, OK, then. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just. I was ready to go. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, same. I was. I was like, okay, I'm prepped. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah. I can talk yeah. about these as much as I need to. Mm-hmm. Well, much- it's so timely for both of us, mm-hmm. I would say, based on. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really interesting because we both are similar. Mm-hmm. To it then actually go drives through me the nuts. Same, like to go through the same experience. I was like, fuck, I know, right? Yeah. You guys, <laughs> like, at some point, you guys have to disagree on something because every time we get in here to record, it's like. You guys are like, yeah, me too. Yeah. And I'm it like, happens. It happens. And then it's always like, well, Sean needs this. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scorpios, you know, born on the same day. Born That's crazy. Day. Born on the same day. Scorpio, yeah. same attachment style. Yes, same attachment. Yeah. But that obviously would lead to a lot of common things. Yeah, right? of course. So common yeah. things. Yeah. Withdraw. Good thing I, I'm not <laughs> born on the same day either. We'd have a pretty boring podcast. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, no. This would be a Scorpio-centric <laughs> podcast. If you were, we would... We Calling would, all Scorpios? Yeah, we would yeah. own that pillar <laughs> and we would just... That would be it. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I know, yeah. but I def- like the second that you're talking about... Um, like. You need to ask me questions. I was like, man, I had a whole phase where people are just like, tell me about yourself. And I was like, nope. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I was like, I'm kind of better if you like ask me some questions and I can give you some answers. And the thing is, is I always knew how to like appease them by like <laughs> answering the question, but like not sharing too much information. So it was like, okay, cool. They moved on. Thank Scorp- God. And Scorpio. I didn't have to, like, <laughs> I didn't have to get into detail oh, because again, no, hey, this is Scorpio. Always. I, I mean, it's the same because yeah. it, you'll usually do that and you'll yeah. answer the question and then you'll, kind of ask them them back yeah and then people love to talk about themselves so yeah. then they'll talk and be like so then the oh, pressure's yeah. off you yeah. and you also kind of satisfy the question yes. so you're just like i'm cool. in the clear yeah. nice <laughs> yeah whereas like another score someone else who asks like deep questions and it's trying to get to the, like the heart of it like you there yeah. it's like so no what like Tell me more about that because yeah. this is what I hear, and well, you're like, but also it makes Sean us, does that to me. I know, yeah, but that's it. That's why we're like, uh, I don't know, Sean, I don't know. But <laughs> honestly, like, hey, can we turn the mics off and we can go there? <laughs> I, know. I was like, okay, this is off the record now. Yeah, but yeah. honestly, like as 
you started talking mm-hmm. and you made the comment saying, mm-hmm. I need people to ask me questions. I was like, oh, is that what you need? Yeah. Because and that was when <laughs> it. that was when I turned turned things around because yeah. Yeah. I felt like I felt like you were holding on to stuff and I felt like you were holding on to stuff. So yeah. I was like, I'm not telling Boom. them, I'm not telling them that. They don't need to know that. That's like, yeah. okay. But if you ask, if they ask me, it's like, okay, well. I'm mm-hmm. nothing to hide. Yeah. Right. I'm an open book. Yeah, exactly. As long as, you ask, as, long right, as you ask the right questions. Yeah, questions. Yeah. You ask the right question, you'll get your answers. But that's all it is. You just have to ask the right questions. And that's why it's a funny thing. Cause it's like yeah. someone who cares enough will ask the right questions. I think that's I like part that. of that. Which that's, is true. Which is it. Yeah. But that's yeah. if like, that's part of the love language. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. if you care, it's like, you'll think about what questions to ask to know if you're curious enough. I think mm-hmm. that's a big one. It's like, if you're mm-hmm. curious enough to know, Okay. And those are the people that get through to end up being good friends. Yes. Like when yes. I think of the people that I can freely just come in and be like, oh, this shit's happening. And like it all mm-hmm. just comes out and they don't necessarily have to poke and prod because I'm just going to share. Mm-hmm. But it's probably started off with them poking and prodding mm-hmm. and then they gained my trust. And then I was like, well, now nah, I'm not going to go anywhere else. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to come to you. But that's the key piece, <laughs> yes. right? The gaining the trust. Yeah. It's like it starts with the poking and prodding. But once that door I find for mm-hmm. both of you is open, then it's like... Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because mm-hmm. some of the like uh, friends who I, um, not the ones that I was alluding to earlier, but other ones, I'm like, oh, they're just, they're all like therapists or like cognitive, like mm. Koreans, a cognitive behavioral therapist. And right. it's fun. Like when I walk, when we chat, cause it's like, it's almost feels like a session. It's like the mm-hmm. line of questioning is very direct. And I'm like, oh, this, you're good at this, but okay, oh, <laughs> let me answer. Let me answer. Right. And it's like, okay, cool. That's the fun part. It's like, yeah, you just, I'm cool. I'm open about it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could feel that you were holding on. And oh, I was yeah. like, well, if you're holding on, I'm holding on too, <laughs> yeah, man. I know. I know. That's why I was like, okay. Once, I will not once, let that Once happen. you started asking, that's also why when you ask her, I was like, no, don't ask her. Ask me. <laughs> like, I got this one. <laughs> that's why it's funny. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah we're on the same. We're united on this front. I was like, yep. Yeah, no, it's cool. Got like the little military yeah. over here. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But, well, but it's, I, I, oh, sorry. No, no, I was going to say, say, it's funny. It's like, that's why, like, when dating and whatnot, it's like, that's why I go for coffee first. Cause then it's like, okay, you get a read of stuff. And then I'm like, okay. I love going for walks. You want to go for yeah. a walk? Yeah. yeah. But it's like that and coffee. Cause mm-hmm. I go, it's very low stakes. It's very thing. And you can kind of mm-hmm. ask and you can see how someone. Uh, mm-hmm. like talks There's or whatnot. nothing more frustrating than being like hey let's go for dinner and you're like trying to talk and just stuff your face you can't hear each other talking because yeah. music's so loud like mm-hmm. oh. well, that's why it's like where you go for dinner i was like i also love to eat so it's like oh unless it's a restaurant i really really want to go to it's like okay no. dinner's fine it's mm-hmm. going to eat is fine if in addition to something else but like if it's the thing yeah you're not going to really get to that's know somebody yeah. there it's like i don't want to sit across from somebody because that's like really intimidating sometimes no? oh. if it's like a first di- like oh. a date this, no. is where we, this is where we disagree i love sitting oh, across from really? oh, I, yeah. oh no, I want to sit side by side oh whoa, yeah like, like I, would, I would rather sit at the <laughs> bar oh my god this is our first moment whoa, i would crazy. rather sit at the bar no but bar. she mentioned this like last time <laughs> yeah, too. yeah i would rather sit yeah, at the bar side by side you also have the bartender to break up conversation yeah, yeah. so yeah. but if i'm sitting at a table across from somebody i better fucking like the person because i'm staring at you the yeah. whole time no it sounds like you have something that you need to like explore uh, a that's a bit. that's a yeah that's a that's a her problem yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like that sounds like uh i'm uncomfortable yes. and I, I think you need to lean into that discomfort yes. why yeah but not like like i sit across from you i would sit across from you yeah. but if it was somebody that's like it's a first date i'm like this is it but feels why? feels confrontational mm. but why because mm, I'm like I don't know you. Yes. 
It's like, sorry. Boom, see? I get it. I get it. You know what to no, say? That's, it's, no, that's, but that's garbage but it's a safe, But it's a safety thing, right? So the I'm like, okay, thing, cool. See? I'm like, I get it. We're There's back a third on the same party. page again, okay? Well, I get it. I get it. But that's why it's like, uh, it's clues to like, okay, Hold cool. On. Yeah. It's I like safety in a restaurant that you can't sit across from somebody? If you sit what at the bar. a person. No, no, but it's a person. You it's just a person. don't know them. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, this is, it just feels like physically, it feels a bit safer. And if the bartender, like the bartender thing I get, because yeah. if the bartender's there, it breaks up everything. Yeah. And it can kind of actually facilitate how your conversation goes. Yes. Because they come in strategically. Yes. We're talking whatever. about first dates here, not like, yeah. you know, yeah. once you've like no, gone know, through the that. phases. So I'm just like, saying on a first date, it can be intimidating. At that, that's why it's like, if there's an after part, say so you go to get a drink after and you get to know them a little bit better after that, then you and can sit face to face with them, yes. right? But that's, you yeah, got to yeah. know that because then it's like, if you, you already seem a little, this is so foreign no, to me. No, it's always like if they seem a little bit like um, like uncomfortable, it's like, okay, cool. You have to give them that space. So it's like, okay, get to be comfortable, whatever that looks like. And then after, once they mm-hmm. finally set in, then you can bring them to that more intimate environment because yes, that's an intimidating very, environment. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. So you before know? we go off the rails anymore, I'm oh, going Oh, this to is off the record. <laughs> this is all off the record. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I can't share this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing yeah, today, yeah. guys. Yeah. I really enjoyed yes, your yes, perspectives, yeah. and uh, we'll see you guys uh, later. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today in the off season. Until next time, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode, and don't forget to continue the conversation with us on Instagram at offseason.to. Talk soon.